We receive countless emails from individuals sharing their personal experiences on how they were cut off from family and friends. For example, we had one individual that was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses but never got baptized. His only crime? Presenting evidence from the JW.org website demonstrating contradictions in their teachings. The response from their family member, they began avoiding their conversation, then defending the organization, and finally attacking his character. As a result, the family member is no longer communicating with him. In another example, we heard from a young brother that no longer believed that this is the truth and tried explaining how he felt at his family Bible study. He was met with stark opposition from his family. They immediately reported him to the elders, and after three weeks of unsuccessfully trying to convince him to change his mind about how he viewed the governing body, he was disassociated from the congregation and swiftly kicked out of the house. And finally, a sister that had been friends for 30-plus years with a Jehovah's Witness. And even though this witness knew that the sister no longer attended the meetings at the Kingdom Hall, she is now shunning her for a totally different reason. Her only crime? She confided that she had spoken to an ex-Jehovah's Witness that had been disfellowshipped 20 years prior. Now, what do all of these stories have in common? Stay tuned to another episode of The Critical Thought to find out. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, these are the type of emails that we get where people who have made an attempt to say something about the organization and then sometimes inadvertently mention something about the organization that is viewed as negative, they are dealt with swiftly and decisively. They are cut off. You know, it really brings up the question about can Jehovah's Witnesses be friends? What people find out very quickly is that the friendship is conditional and they set the terms of what the friendship will be based on. And there are a number of things in effect These are the things that we have to agree to. One of the questions that they may ask is, are you attending the meetings regularly? Do you question the teachings of the faithful and discreet slave, the governing body, the branch? Are you associating with former members of the organization? Are you pursuing personal or spiritual interests? Are you living your life in accordance with the attitude that we're living deep in the last days? And one of the favorite questions is, do you believe that this is Jehovah's organization? And so these are the type of questions that many former witnesses or people who decided to fade, as it were, are often faced with. And depending on what you respond back to and how, it will oftentimes determine what they will do. And of course, what makes it so difficult when you try to maintain a semblance of friendship is that you find yourself always on their terms. 
when you call people up, no, they call you up. After the little initial niceties and how you doing, how's your dad, how's your mom doing? Unfortunately, the conversation will start going in a certain direction. So you're at the meetings, who's your circuit overseer? And at that point, it becomes a difficult conversation to have. And so for many people, they find their circumstances very difficult because as they start asking questions, many people find themselves having to try and give an answer to indicate, well, I still know what's going on in the organization. So it's it's a constant cat and mouse game that people find themselves in. And many people, they reach the point where they just get tired. Like, I I can't do this. I'm I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And for each person, it's different. That's what makes being a PIMO, uh, what makes a person who is fading, that's what makes everybody's circumstances different. You see, there are people who literally rely on witnesses for their financial income. They rely on witnesses for the place in which they live in because they're renting. And so everybody's circumstances are different. And that's why we can't stress this enough. You can't look at what somebody else does and say, I'm going to do the same thing because your circumstances may not be the same. You have to look at your circumstances and say, what am I going to do? You literally have to take and calculate what is in my best interest. Sometimes when we leave, it's very easy to forget exactly what it was like to be one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And the way in which we thought, especially if someone approached us with something about the organization, we have to remember that Jehovah's Witnesses are constantly being trained as to how to react, how to respond when someone steps to them with something that is perceived as negative about this organization. That was an individual when he was his fellowship the night they read him off. Within 24 hours out of 2,000 Facebook friends, he lost almost 1,600. Why? Because the email went out and it just went around like wildfire. And he watched people just drop off. It's very interesting that nobody even called him up. You see, the reason why is because everybody knows there's only two reasons people get this fellowship. You've committed a very serious sin and you were not repentant. So there are two things you want to get out of this video. One, where is our family and our friends in their thought process in terms of how they view this organization? And two, where are you? in your healing process. In terms of, do you need these individuals financially? Do you need them for support? Or are you actually able to make it on your own? The two have to work together because they will determine how they will respond and they will determine how you and I are impacted by what they do. You see, there are some people, they're at the point where they're like, you know what? (laughs) I really don't care how they respond. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to let them know. At least they'll never say I didn't tell them. And they are ready for whatever the backlash may be. And so they move forward. Unfortunately, the person that we often run into is the person who is really not ready for that backlash. And if you are such a person, then you need to think very, very seriously about going forward. When a person is on a plane, Right before you take off, the flight attendant will do a little demonstration. The demonstration is that the mask dropping down. When the mask drops down, who are we told to put the mask on first? Do you put it on your loved one or do you put it on yourself? 
You make sure that you take care of yourself first, then you can help someone else. And that's the same way when you lead this organization. You're going to need to take care of yourself first, your mental health, your physical health, your financial health, because when you reach back to help someone, that person might reject your help. And if you are not prepared, you're going to get the backlash. If you are a person who is just waking up, it's very, very normal to want to say, I want to help mama and daddy, my cousins, brothers, my best friends. Nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, if you are not prepared for the backlash, it will knock you down. And for so many people, it's very, very difficult to get up. It's important to understand that before you decide to send them that video, send them them PDF files, that you make sure that you are prepared for their response. And this is a very common reoccurring theme that we see. So many former witnesses, they just simply did not prepare themselves. They thought, well, I'm close to my mom. I'm close to my brother. I've known this person for 30 years. And they quickly find out that this person rejects them. You see, we've seen the PBS specials, the television specials about cults and high control groups. Well, you are looking face to face with what a high control group looks like up close and personal. You see, what happens is we now are in a position where we can help them or we can hinder them. If they're not ready for the information, don't send it. But if you think they are, if you've been able to test the water and it appears as though they might be willing to listen or at least take a second look, then you can move forward. But just make sure that you as a person are prepared for what comes back. And what's happening is the organization is really now moving in a direction where you either on our side or you're not. Even people who are not baptized are now actually saying they're starting to be shunned by their family. Because what's happening is the organization is making people make their families make a decision. Are you coming back to the kingdom hall or not? And if you start hemming and hobbing around, in many cases, the stories we have heard, the family says, well, we're not going to have anything to do with you until you come back. Person's not even baptized. So this, as, as one of the governing bodies would say when I was at Bethel, the line of demarcation is being drawn. And that is true. And that's why you have to ask yourself some personal questions, some questions that only can come from within you. Whose terms do you want to live your life on? On their terms, when they can change the rules anytime. Today, they're your friend. Tomorrow, they'll cut you off at your knees. You have to decide and you have to prepare yourself so that whenever a decision is made by these individuals to have nothing to do with you, you will be prepared. And it's very, very painful. I mean, the stories that we hear where people are told by their mothers and fathers, you're no longer my child. Denise Johnson, Sister Johnson, she's my spiritual daughter now. We've talked to people and uh, they talk about how it's like a gut check. I mean, it knocks the wind out of them to hear their parents say that. Uh, we have a, a friend of ours, him and his wife, you know, when they left the organization, uh, they they... They were having a child. They, they sent pictures to his mother to show of the, of the little baby. She sent the pictures back. So it's very, very real. And that's why we tell people this is a high control group. This is a cult. 
As one person stated, if you want to know if it's a cult or not, observe how they treat you when you leave. And witnesses measure up to how they treat people when they leave. It's very important to understand and keep in mind, even if they cut you off, you can make it because there is life after Watchtower. And this is what makes the internet, as I always say, it's a game changer. You see, when they shun you, when they refuse to have anything to do with you, they're built up. When they go to the Kingdom Hall and they tell the friends, my daughter called me, and I, I hung the phone up, I didn't even talk to her. They tell them, hang in there, hang in there. But see, you and I who have left for years, for decades, we had nobody to talk to, nobody to bounce things off, no reference point. Today we do. When you click on the internet and you see all the channels, I mean, literally, all these different channels of people who don't know each other, never talk to each other, sharing the same experience. But more importantly, deciding to put one foot in front of the other and keep on stepping. Then that lets you know you can make it as well. You see, we need to take advantage of the things that we learned when we were Jehovah's Witnesses. We know exactly how they operate, how they think and what they will do. It's like a chess game. Anyone who knows the moves of their opponent will never lose. Well, being former Jehovah's Witnesses, we know the moves that they will make. We know how they will respond. We know how they will react. We simply just have to make our decisions to act accordingly. And so these conditional friendships that we've developed over the years, They're subject to collapse at any time. Just make sure that you are ready and prepared. And if you are, you're going to make it. You're going to be just fine. When you have a conversation with someone who has been cut off by their family, as opposed to them realizing I have to cut you off, as it were, that's when it really hurts. That's when it really hurts. Because the family, the so-called friend, they cut you off so swiftly, so decisively, and it hurts to the bone. But it doesn't have to. The reason it doesn't have to is because we start preparing ourselves. In fact, Lady C and I, we will often tell people, husbands and wives, that you need to start preparing yourself mentally, psychologically, For the possibility that your spouse, your spouse may say, I'm out of here. Because we have seen people choose the organization over their spouse. They will choose the organization over their parents, over their children, and people who we considered were longtime friends. You will quickly find out that blood is not thicker than water. When it comes to persons who are involved in high control groups or cults, when you think about Jehovah's Witnesses, whether they're family or quote unquote friends, think about a contract. The contract is written up by the Jehovah's Witness. And on this contract, he has all the conditions in which I will be your friend. They establish what those conditions are, and we simply agree to go along. But once those conditions are broken, we quickly find out that that contract is swiftly in force. And that's where we end up finding ourselves cut off, 
away from our families and people we have considered friends for decades. An interesting question that sometimes people ask, uh, should I go back and get reinstated so that I can talk to my family, talk to my friends? That's really a personal decision. But I can share with you what Lady C and I have seen. And that is, unfortunately, because of where the organization is now, people who've decided to go back, they have found that much really didn't change. They thought that they were going to have this free-flowing relationship with their family and their friends. And sad to say, many times that is not the case at all. Instead, now they find themselves back in a group a religion that they don't even believe in, trying to live up to a set of standards, a set of conditional arrangements, a conditional contract, conditional friends that's very, very difficult to live up to. And that's why each person has to look down themselves and say, you know, what am I going to do? Do I want to live my life or do I want them to dictate how I live my life? It's a personal choice, but there are some costs. There's cost with everything. Freedom is not free. There's a price you have to pay. And for some who have left, we've made a decision that we can't go back. We can't go back. We cannot go back to someone telling us something that we know is not true and then trying to live our lives based on something that's not true. Just can't do it. Doesn't work anymore. And so each person at the end of the day will have to choose what they do. But keep in mind, our relationships with our family, as well as people we call friends, they are conditional. And that is why you have to be prepared for that conditional relationship, because it is subject at any time to end. And the pain of not being prepared is tremendous. And these are the type of personal phone calls we get. These are the type of off-the-line uh, emails that we receive as well as people who post and we contact them or they contact us. I mean, it is really amazing because the organization right now is literally tightening down the screws. Eventually, it's going to be where you either going to be with us or not. And the witnesses are adjusting to this. I mean, we're seeing and hearing so many people, like I said, who are not even baptized. People who haven't been to the meeting in years, family calling them up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, what am I going to do? You come back to the kingdom hall? I don't know. I mean, I think, no, I need to know now. And they're cutting these people off as if they are disfellowship. You see what the organization is doing now. And it's really a brilliant move. I mean, you got to give them credit what credit is. It's a brilliant move. The Watchtower is pushing more and more things onto the plate of the individual Jehovah's Witness so that no one can say the organization said it. We want it to be the individual. And they've been doing that for over 100 years. So it's nothing new. They're just getting better at it. They're perfecting it. Where they now can attempt to blame the individuals for the things that they do as if they are not being the influence that causes them to do that. So keep these things in mind when you get ready to reach out to your family. You get ready to reach out to your quote unquote friends. Identify where they are in this organization. What is their thoughts? There are people who will say, this is a good video. I'm going to send it to somebody because I know they need this. But the video might be good, but they may not be ready for it. And when they respond back to you, you may find out that they were not ready for it. 
But the question is, are you ready for their response? Today, we have the tools. The internet provides us with so many examples of people who have successfully left, maintained their dignity, maintained their sanity by doing it in a certain manner. This is no joke. The Watchtower has everything outlined for the individual witness on what to do, what to say, how to act, how to respond. You at least owe it to yourself to know what you need to do. So what do those three experiences we shared at the beginning of the video have in common? They clearly highlight that if you say something negative against this organization or violate any of their conditional rules, they will swiftly and decisively cut you off. Then, of course, you know, we often hear people who say, well, you know, JT, I, I, I just got to be honest and just tell them. I just got to be honest and tell them. And I remember uh, one former witness, he put it very interesting. He said, you know, it's amazing how we feel we have to tell them everything. And yet they lied to us for over 140 years. So the, the point is, you don't always have to tell everybody everything. If they have no problem using theocratic warfare against you, then you can use it against them as well. Once you come out and tell a witness how you feel, what you think about this organization, basically there's no going back. The doors and the opportunity to talk to them are basically closed. And for that reason, many people, they cautiously Test the water. They take a few steps forward, a few steps back because they want to see if they can at least help their family or help a person who may have been a friend. But at the same time, they're prepared for whatever the eventuality is. We cannot become so emotional, as our friend Daniel always says, when emotions are high, logic is down. And that's the whole point when you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness. Their emotions are going to be high, sky high. Because you're sitting there about to snatch away from them something they have put their entire life into. And that's very difficult when someone is asking you to give up something, to consider something that you have put your entire life into. And so we can't forget that. For most witnesses, this is all they got. Especially for those who are older, our parents and grandparents, they put 30, 40, 50 years into this. So for you to simply walk up to them and say, snatch, it's not going to go over well. So be kind with your family. Be kind with people you deal with because they're not going to be kind with us. And if you think that you can get more flies with vinegar, then try it. We have seen very, very few people catch flies with vinegar. But we have seen people eventually be able to help family and friends if they use a little honey. So the next time you think about sending that video, all those pages from those old magazines to help them see exactly what they're a part of, take a step back and ask yourself a question. How would I have responded if someone has sent that to me? Think about that. And this is the type of things that we have to do. Because unfortunately, we will probably only get one shot to help get them out. After that, for so many people we've talked to, we've seen, we know personally, the doors are shut. And for some, it's years and years will go by before their family or their friends will ever reconsider again. So before the door is shut, let's see if we can help them. And the best way is by considering what would it have been like for you and I if someone had just sent us 
a ton of stuff about this organization. We want to help people, and we can. And what's happening now, more and more people, because of the passing of time, they're more willing today to at least examine it. I've heard people say, I may not agree with you, JT, but but at least I'll, I'll take a look at it. Well, that's all you can ask. So to spend a lot of time arguing back and forth, if you see the conversation is not going in the right direction, remember, as a Jehovah's Witness, we were taught at the door, if the conversation is not going in the right direction, we bid the person a good day. Sometimes we may have to do that with our family and friends when we're talking to them. If we see the conversation is not going in the right direction, you cannot force people out of this religion. You cannot force people. The same way as they came in on their own, they're going to have to leave on their own. And they will do that by taking the time to examine things the way you and I have. That is something we have to be patient and give them time to do. Unfortunately for some, that may never be the case. And for that reason, that's why it is so important that we prepare ourselves to accept that. For people who have family who have not decided to even listen, many of them have decided, I'm okay. I'm going to work with that. And they are able to literally move on in their lives. Because one of the things that we have noticed, for people who leave this organization and they're not able to come to grips with the reality that mom and dad, brother and sister, best friend may not ever accept it, they oftentimes struggle with their own personal development. It goes back to that airline situation on the plane. You first got to take care of yourself. That is the most important thing. Take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't help anybody else. Keep in mind that the Jehovah's Witness lives in a black and white world. The Watchtower defines the black and white world as either God or Satan. So when you want to send a video or you want to send an article, the question that they will be asking themselves is, who's the video coming from? Who's the article coming from? The Watchtower has taught witnesses there are only two types of videos. Ones that we make put out by God's organization and anything that's put out by Satan's organization. Witnesses have been trained. If a witness is given an old publication, they're they're trained how they view that. You dismiss it. You're, you're, You're behind the times. It's all about how they have been prepared. This is what makes it so difficult. The Watchtower has literally covered practically every base And you need to realize that we have to acknowledge that. And that dictates how we have to approach them. And that's what makes it so hard. People don't understand. Why can't they get this? It's because they've been prepared for you. They've been waiting for you for 30 years to indicate this is not the truth. And they know exactly how to respond. And these are things that we have to keep in mind as we try to reach out to family, reach out to people we've considered friends for years. They are prepared. And we see that. And unfortunately, what they're prepared to do is to cut you and I completely off. Thank you for being in our audience. And this is JT. Hey, this is Lady C. Thank you for tuning in to The Critical Thought. We appreciate having you in our audience. Not only that, but we invite you to subscribe to our channel and be sure to hit that bell so that you can receive notifications when we upload new content. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and give us a thumbs up if you like this video.
Thank you for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.